ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, thanks for joining me again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Here we are again with another Psalm 23 episode, continuing to walk through this psalm that if you've walked through it with me up to this point, you will know is so rich, so deep, and the beautiful thing about having the living word of God is that the same passage, the same verse, the same phrase can speak to our hearts over and over and over again, always um, giving us more clarity, more instruction, more revelation of the truth of who God is and of the message of his word that he has given for us. And that's what I'm finding as I am studying through this psalm that is a very familiar psalm. I think I've had it memorized since I was a child. Um, But studying through it anew and afresh, God is showing me such wonderful riches in his word. And I pray that that is being translated through the podcast and that it is blessing your heart as well. So we are coming to the end of verse 3 with a little bit more of a lengthy phrase today, making a longer podcast title. Um, But we are now at He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And uh, just sharing here as well, you know, when I look at this and study through these things, there's there's so much that you can mine out. And, you know, you may read this and study and God may give you a different nugget of truth than what he is giving me. Um, but as I'm studying and just applying it to my own life in my current season and the things that God is working in my heart on, these are things that God is giving me. You know, God's word is like a diamond and you can look at it from so many different angles and, and it is the same diamond the same beauty, but it's going to have different facets, different angles, different uh, glimmers of the beauty. And that's the same way with God's word. So as you listen to this episode, you're looking at the diamond um, from my view and my perspective, but I pray that the Lord will use um, what I am sharing to encourage you. And I challenge you, um, pick up the diamond of God's word for yourself. Take a glimpse into Psalm 23, asking the Lord what he wants to show you um, and, and seek that out. And if the Lord just gives you something, and feel free to send it my way. I love to hear, you know, I've had several ladies message me about the Psalm 23. And as they're studying it along with me, what God uh, is teaching them in their lives. I always love hearing that. Um, but without further ado, we're going to jump in here. And I'm going to start by reading the chapter like we always do. And then I will share with you a little bit about how the Lord is speaking to me in regards to this phrase about the paths of righteousness. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
we are looking again at this phrase, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've shared these resources before, but as I was studying through this, um, the Lord led me to two different books, one being um, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller, and then also The Heart of the Shepherd by Stephen Chapel. And I wanted to share this quote from Chapel's book. It says, God's plan for our lives involves a journey, a forward-moving process of growth and discovery. God doesn't intend to let us stay in one place spiritually for very long. He has new pastures, fresh vision, and more growth just over the next hill. So we're talking about these paths of righteousness and all throughout God's word. Um, he, he uses a journey, walking, paths, um, race, running a race, um, seeking this prize, this, this idea of moving forward, of going forward to talk about the Christian life. Um, I have referenced this resource before, but we love the Little Pilgrim's Progress. I'm reading that to our children about the forward movement the path, um, the journey that Christian takes from the city of destruction to the celestial city. I um, mean, all of our lives involve a journey. Every single one of us, we have a beginning point. We have a path that we walk, um, a story that is written of our lives, a journey that we go down. And then we have a day that our, our life ends here on this earth. But praise the Lord that if you know him as your savior, that your soul goes on to live with him forever in eternity. Um, but as we are looking at this paths of righteousness, the Lord has put several different thoughts on my heart and just things that I want to share with you that have encouraged me as I walk my own path of life. You know, as we look in the Bible and see these different paths, you know, you really have a wise path. The wise man built his house upon the rock. You have the foolish uh, path. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. We all know what happened to the foolish man's house. Um, so I sing with my kids. So knowing the wise path, knowing the foolish path, what do we want to do? We want to be like the wise man, build our house upon the Lord or build our life upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that um, echoed throughout scripture showing these these different paths. We have the path of righteousness. We also have the path of the fool, the path of unrighteousness. And we see a really good comparison of that um, in Proverbs 14, 12 and John 10, 27. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the way of death. There's a way that seemeth right, but we are not to walk in our own understanding. On the opposite end, we have this verse. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Ladies, we should not be walking our own path. Uh, we should not be walking a path in accordance to our knowledge, our heart's desires. Um, you know, we, you have all the sayings of, you know, pursue, pursue your passions, follow your dreams, follow your heart. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We are to be following the shepherd, following his voice. But you might ask the question, well, how do I know which way the shepherd is leading? How do I know which way to go? It says that his sheep hear his voice and he knows them. We have to be in tune with the voice of the shepherd. Uh, first of all, if you don't recognize the voice of the shepherd, 
Come to know him as your shepherd. If you have not trusted him uh, as, as the savior of your soul, as the one who died on the cross to save you from your sins, um, I would encourage you, get that settled today. Talk to someone who can help you. I would love nothing more than to share with you how God uh, was became my shepherd through salvation. You have to be, you have to be able to recognize his voice. But sometimes we've recognized his voice in salvation, but yet we don't seem to hear his voice in the daily walking of our path, the daily journey of the Christian life. And that can be for many reasons, but the Bible says that God talks often in a still, small voice. If our hearts are encumbered by distractions, um, by the pursuit of lesser things, then we may not hear the voice. The shepherd may be calling, the shepherd may be leading, the shepherd may be guiding, but we don't hear it because we're not listening. We're not tuned in to him. The, the famous hymn says, tune my heart to sing my grace. We need our hearts tuned in to the shepherd. We need our ears tuned in, ever listening, sensitive, hearing the voice, hearing the guidance of our shepherd because his ways are always, always best. And sometimes uh, the journey is difficult. Sometimes the paths of righteousness don't feel easy and joyful and sunshine and roses. They might bring difficult, difficult things that we have to walk through. But I hope that we have laid enough of a foundation up to this point in the study to know that we can trust our shepherd, that we can walk with him, that we can trust his trust his his leading and that we can follow in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, going along with this idea of paths, there's a verse recently that I've been reading that just really has captivated my heart. That is Proverbs 4 verse 18. It says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Here we have this same word here, this path. Again, having the idea of journey, of this walk, of this Christian life. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. You know, ladies, our stories, our lives, our path, our journey is for us. It is the life that we're living. God desires to use, God desires to use every element of our life and of our story and of our journey for our own personal growth and sanctification and um, pursuit of Christ-likeness. But he also uses us um, in a bigger way. He wants us to have a testimony to the others around us, whether that is your husband or your children or your grandchildren or your parents or siblings or friends or fellow church members or the lost. God desires that our path testifies of him. That as we walk this, the path of the just is a shining light. And we sing this little light of mine, how God wants us to be like the light that is set, the city on a hill that cannot be hid, the light that is not put under a bushel. He wants our testimony to shine brightly for Christ and to shine brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. 
getting brighter as we go. Now, when I read this word just, just does not mean perfect. And I'm so thankful because let me just say here, none of us will ever be perfect this side of heaven. As much as I might strive, as much as I might try, that is my personality. My personality is a perfectionist. I desire perfection. And sometimes I pursue perfection to the neglect of pursuing Christ. And what, uh, what an error in my way that is. I have to restore my soul, get my, my focus and my priorities back where they need to be. But the, the encouragement that I found, you know, the Bible also has another verse about the just. And it says, the just man falleth seven times, but riseth up again. Just doesn't mean perfect. The reality is we're all sinners. Now, I pray that we're sinners saved by grace, that we have been that we have been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean that we won't ever sin again, that we won't ever fall. But the difference in a just man is that they rise up, that they get back on the path, that they continue to walk the path. And this has been such a helpful illustration in our home as we are seeking to raise our children using this verse, um, using the idea of a path. We hike a lot. We love to go on adventures as a family. Um, and right now, my children are not really the age to deviate too far from the path. Um, we are teaching them that the path is the way of safety. Beyond the path, um, you know, in Australia, we don't have ticks, but we have leeches. So you want to avoid those. Um, there might be poisonous animals or uh, poisonous plants. There might be different animals that might bite you, bugs. Um, we were hiking just not not too long ago, and there was the most giant ant mound, um, not on the path, but right on the side of the path. We've got to stay on the path. And we're instructing them about how uh, the path, there's a path of life, too. And right now, as they're young, as they're growing, as they're learning, that, that their dad and I's job is to help keep them walking the path. Now, there are going to be times where they sin and they get off the path. Um, but we come in as the loving authority in their lives to correct them, to get them back on the path. And that has really helped us um, in disciplining our children. And sometimes you've got to do the tough thing. Um, you know, we, we would love nothing more than to just have fun 24-7. But the reality of parenting is, is... Um, Kids are going to mess up. You know what? Sometimes clue in, the adults are going to mess up too. And we've got to get back on the path. But it's been helpful for us to use this language to help them see we are for you. If we're correcting or disciplining, it's not because we're against you. It's because we're for you and we want you to walk the path. Why? Because it's a path of safety. It's the path that leads in righteousness. We've also used that language with them when we're correcting them of like, okay, look, because you got off the path, this is the consequence that must ensue. But what do you need to do to get back on the path? How did you get off? They need to be able to, to understand that if they're getting in trouble and they don't know what they're getting in trouble for, that's frustrating for them. And it's frustrating for you because more than likely they're going to repeat it because they didn't fully understand that what they were doing is wrong. So we need to talk with them. What did you do to get off the path? What was the wrong thing? What was the sin that got you off the path? Okay, we've recognized that. You've been corrected. You've been disciplined. You've received a consequence for that. Okay, so how do you need to now get back on the path? Okay, so say child A took a toy from child B. Okay, so 
they didn't share. They took their toy. Whatever the punishment is, you've talked it through. They understand. Oh, I took so and so's toy. Okay, so what do you need to get? What do you need to do to get back on the path? Well, I need to go tell my sibling that I'm sorry for taking that toy. Okay, get back on the path. Sometimes that getting back on the path might involve apologizing to a friend, or maybe it might involve apologizing to multiple people. Maybe it's a child, and it's or it's a sibling, and it's a parent. Um, and often we, have, you know, we need to connect with our minds too. That not only did you hurt your sibling when you took a toy from them, or when you hit them, or when you called them a nasty name, but you also hurt the heart of God. Because he wants you to love. He wants you to be kind. He created your sibling. And it hurts him when you hurt them. So helping them work through that process of how did you get off the path? This is the consequence. Now, how do you get back on the path? And how can we continue walking forward on the path? The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth brighter and brighter, more and more, unto the perfect day. It is my prayer for my life, for the lives of my children, and really for the lives of you as my listeners, that as we are walking this path, that our testimony, that our sanctification process, that our growth in Christ-likeness shines brighter and brighter more and more as we move down this path of life. Now, I want to share just a couple things here in talking about this path. Um, you know, I know sometimes when we grow up and become adults, is bigger things that might get us off the path or have us question what is the path of righteousness. Um, we don't, you know, the, the, the offenses aren't as simple as, oh, well, I took so-and-so's toy. Or you may not have that uh, vocal authority anymore in your life, keeping you in the path. Um, you have to learn as an adult, obviously always have godly counsel in your life. I pray that, um, you know, your parents can be that. I'm thankful for our parents and how they are godly counsel in our lives, other mentors that God's given us. But as you come into adulthood, you, you have to learn to be more independent, an independent listener to the authority of God in your life. Um, now, again, if you're married, obviously, especially as women, um, we can submit, we can be in the safety of that submission to our husband as, as the leader of the home. Now, that doesn't mean Simeon doesn't want my input or that I don't have a place to be able to share my thoughts or my heart or what I think might be a wise decision or a foolish decision. But ultimately, he as the leader of our home makes that decision. Um, now, several things there. One, I want to pray that he is walking the path of righteousness, that that his ear is in tune to the shepherd so that he can lead our family in the right path. Two, I want to encourage him in that path. Um, but also, I think sometimes we can get our feathers very ruffled about um, this, this area of submission. But something that I have come to notice as I've studied God's word is it actually is a safety net for us as women. Do you know who's going to stand before the Lord and give an account of our family walking the paths of righteousness? It's not me. It's Simeon because he is the spiritual leader of our home. Now, obviously, um, I have a responsibility and I will uh, give account for my responsibilities. But as far as the leadership, as far as the, this walking of the path um, for our home as, as a collective unit, Simeon answers for that. I, I don't stand before God in that. So this submission is, is a safety um, place for the wife. And um, God places that responsibility on the husband. 
So we need to submit um, and we need to encourage our husbands. We need to pray for our husbands more than our nagging or um, our, you know, any of that. More than all of that will accomplish uh, is prayer. Prayer accomplishes more than anything that we could accomplish um, in our nagging or in our pestering our husbands. Um, But something that our pastor shared one time, our pastor in the States, that has really just been such wise counsel that has come in up come up over and over in Simeon and I's life. When we're trying to pray through decisions, when he is seeking my input on a decision that he needs to make for our family, is our pastor Clarence Sexton often said, if in doubt, don't. So what does that mean? If you don't have clear direction, if you have a situation in your life where you have to make a decision one way or another, and you just don't have peace and you aren't sure what you're supposed to do, should we take this job? Should we not take this job? Should we move? I don't know. Should we home educate our children? Uh, Whatever the quandary of your life, whatever the dilemma of your life, if you don't have clear direction, if you are seeking to be in tune with the shepherd, if you are listening for his voice and you are unsure, you are doubting of what he's having you do. Stand still. Wait. Trust. And the waiting is the hard part. I hate the waiting. God has had us in so many seasons of waiting. And every time we get there, I'm like, oh man, didn't I learn the lesson the first time, Lord? Um, But he works in the waiting seasons just as much as he works in the seasons of activity. Um, But if you don't have clear direction, stand still, continue to wait, continue to trust, continue to listen for the heart of your shepherd, to seek it out, to restore your soul, um, to enjoy the green pastures and the still waters, waiting for him to guide you in the next step. God's purpose for restoring, for caring, for loving, for all this of the sheep that we've been talking about is to glorify his name. Um, And this is transitioning us into the second part of this verse, or in the second part of this phrase. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He does all of these workings in our lives for his glory, for his name's sake. A quote from um, the Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller says, If one really believes his affairs are in God's hands, every event, no matter whether joyous or tragic, will be taken as a part of God's plan. To know beyond a doubt that he does all for our welfare is to be led into a wide area of peace and quietness and strength for every situation. Ladies, we have to come up to a place in our lives, in our journey, in our paths where we believe in the sovereignty of God. That we believe that come what may on earth with uh, politics, with leadership, with whatever, um, you know, circumstances, trials, um, all of the events that God is sovereign, that he is in control, that he is working in every detail of every life, working all things for our good and for his glory. Um, I've been reading through the book Heaven Rules by Nancy DeMoth Walgamuth, and it has been so good. It's a deep dive study into the book of Daniel. And the reality that, you know, especially in that time, you had Nebuchadnezzar, this world empire, who uh, just thought that he was just God, really, honestly, setting up a statue to himself, requiring that people bow and worship. But God humbled Nebuchadnezzar, 
making him as mad as a cow out in the field. Um, that was humbling. You know, then uh, Nebuchadnezzar came to a point where he had to acknowledge there is none but the living God. I've learned my lesson. Uh, then here steps right on the scene. You think maybe the next ruler would be like, oh, wow, look what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe I should uh, heed to this Hebrew God. Uh, but then Belshazzar walks onto the scene and he uh, you know, tries to tries to drink and feast out of the the instruments of the temple of the worship of Jehovah, blaspheming God. Then we have the writing of the uh, the writing uh, on the wall with with the hand and all of this. You know, okay. So then that empire falls. Babylon falls. Incepts the Medes and Persians. Then you have Darius. Darius makes this decree um, that no one should pray except to him. And here we have Daniel. Faithful Daniel, elderly Daniel now, who has been kidnapped from his homeland, who has been through all of this process with Nebuchadnezzar, all of this process of Belshazzar. Now he's in this new empire. And uh, time after time after time, it's been situation, it's been circumstance where it doesn't feel like heaven's ruling. And yet, God is supreme, and Daniel is anchored in that. Daniel knows that, um, and Daniel continues to walk the paths of righteousness for the namesake of Jehovah, of the Lord. And it is amazing to me how many times, how many leaders Daniel was able to influence all for the glory of God because he walked in these paths of righteousness. Uh, I was reading uh, the Psalm 23 Bible study by Daily Grace, and they had a quote in there. It says, his name is all of his word and his character. And when he leads us, it will display for all to see the beauty and truth of who he is. Ladies, we, we've got to yield our lives to Christ. We need to be led by him so that this world can see on display in our lives the beauty and truth of God, not of me but of God, that they can hear our lives proclaim. He is worthy. Another book, I'm going to share a few resources here. Um, just, I, I know that when we talk about these paths of life and the journey, there, there's points in life sometimes that feel so dark, so um, just desperate. I've been there. I've had those dark seasons. I've been in those difficult places where you question the sovereignty of God. You wonder, are you here? Do, do you even know that this happened to me? What is going on? Um, but as we see in the life of Daniel, he was anchored. He didn't allow those circumstances to, to toss him about like the waves of the sea. He stood moored. He was like that tree planted by the rivers of water. And I want to share some different resources that God has used to encourage me um, in my seasons of wandering, are you sovereign, Lord? Um, uh, and one, these are just some different books, some different uh, biographies that God has used to really encourage me. And, and I'm so thankful that God has given us the legacy of those who have gone before us, faithful men, faithful women that we can look to and draw strength from. As their lives proclaimed, he is worthy. It gives us the strength to, in the midst of our storm, to proclaim he is worthy as you walk in the paths that God has had for you. And the first one is another book by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth called You Can Trust God to Write Your Story. This is a quote from her book. She said, events on this earth are never determined by chance. As the 19th century hymn writer Multi Babcock put it, this is my father's world. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, 
God is the ruler yet. I love the deep doctrinal truth that is found in that hymn. And let me just insert here. I'm going to get on one of my hobby horses. When you are in a dark season, when you are in a desperate season, sing. Sing. It's going to be difficult. Your heart is going to want to do anything but singing. But sing, ladies, it is free. It will free your soul. It will encourage you. It will bring worship to your Lord and it will help you. There have been seasons in my life where they were so dark and difficult and God has taught me in the trenches that singing frees the soul. That is seen in, in Paul and Silas when they were in the dark prison, when they were chained, when they were shackled, when they were afraid, when they weren't sure what was going to happen. You know, sometimes we look at these Bible stories and think that these were like superhuman people. Like, oh, I'm sure Paul wasn't scared. He was Paul. No, Paul was a person. I'm sure he had feelings just like all of us. Um, now he might be further down the sanctification road than we are and a little more anchored. And um, But the reality is Paul didn't want to be there. But they found the courage to sing. And you know what the singing did? Literally, not figuratively. I mean, figuratively and literally, but literally, it loosed the shackles, opened the prison door, allowed them to walk free, gave them the opportunity to, to, to escape. Amazing. Amazing. And, and that's what singing can do for our hearts. Um, so anyways, just had to throw that in there. Um, I mentioned Heaven Rules by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth as well. Um, another really good book is Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. If you are going through a difficulty, if you are in a season of suffering, read that book. It will change your perspective and it will anchor your heart in the truth and the sovereignty of God. Another one is When God Doesn't Fix It by Laura Storm. You know, sometimes when we're going through dark seasons, the only thing that gets us through it is the hope of the light at the end of the tunnel. But there are some trials in life. There are some paths that God chooses for different people to walk that we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe we have come to acknowledge the reality that there is no light at the end of this tunnel. This is this is an illness that will be with us till we die. Um, this is um, a, a complication. This is a situation. This is a relationship. This is something that is going to be a difficult point until um, Jesus comes. Um, but our hope isn't in the light at the end of the tunnel. Our hope is in Jesus. And we can continue to move forward. We can continue to walk the paths of righteousness, letting him lead for his name's sake, trusting in the heart of our shepherd, leaning on him. Um, and that's what this book talks about. When God doesn't fix it, she shares personal testimony of something that the Lord uh, had her walk through in her life that she will walk through for the rest of her life but how God has been her anchor, has proved that he's sovereign and given her joy in the midst of what could be a very tragic situation. Something else I just wanted to wrap up here um, is the powerful testimony. Again, tying back to his namesake, finding Christians that have walked before, that have finished their course with joy from all the bumps in the road, all of the getting off the path and getting back on the path, um, the hills, the valleys, the treacherous parts, the easy parts, looking back on a life that has been lived, um, that has come to the point where they have been able to end their life well, finding encouragement from those testimonies. And there are so many different ones, but just a few that I've just written down, biographies that um, have really encouraged our home and family recently. 
Harcory Tinboom, Darlene Diebler Rose, Gladys Allward, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Elliott, Um Samed, the story of William Borden, Jim Elliott, David Livingston, John Bunyan, John Newton. All of these people had a path. They had a journey that they walked down. Um, and as he led them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, the path took twists and turns and ups and downs and different things, but they stayed the course. They let him lead. And if there was a moment where they didn't, they got back on the path and they followed and God was able to use their lives for his name's sake. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. I want to share just one other um, story that just keeps me encouraged. And that is the story of two Moravian missionary boys. God burdened their heart for a slave island. Um, they wanted to share the gospel with these slaves. They were on this island. They, uh, they were Moravian missionaries in England. And uh, they realized that the only way that they were ever going to be able to get to this island and make an impact is if they became slaves themselves. So they literally sold themselves into slavery. Talk about a path. Um, it's not a path that many of us would choose for ourselves, but they did it for his name's sake. God was leading them there, and that was the only way that they could get there. So they decided that they were going to follow. They sold themselves into slavery. They went to the island and they had an amazing impact for Christ there, seeing souls saved and being able to share the precious gospel of Christ with people who thought there was no hope, who hadn't even heard of the hope that Jesus offers. But the story is told when these missionary boys were getting on the boat, the boat was launching off, their family was there on the shore. Such an emotional moment of, I'm sure, the parents and if there's siblings or friends watching, knowing we will never see these boys again. I mean, I'm just thinking, what if that was my son? What if he was the one that was going off to live a life of, of hardship, of cruelty, um, all for the sake of the gospel? If I have that last look, you know, when in that moment, you know, there are moments in life where time stands still. In that moment, what was going on in the hearts and minds of both parties, the ones standing on the shore and the ones leaving on the ship? But do you know what those boys called off from the ship? They called, may the lamb that was slain receive the rewards of his suffering. They realized that suffering was a small price to pay. For others to be able to proclaim worthy is the Lamb. And ladies, whatever path our life takes us down, as we let him lead in the paths of righteousness, trusting his sovereignty, whether we feel like things are just going well or we're wondering, shepherd, is this where I'm supposed to be? Um, you know, keep your heart in tune with his voice. Don't allow the deviations from the path, the questions, the doubt to come from your own sinfulness and your own choosing the wrong path. If you're not on his path. Get back on. Seek to keep your heart in tune with the shepherd. And if there are times where you just, you're struggling and you're wondering, continue to trust, continue to walk forward, always forward, never backward, never to the side, always forward, striving for the prize of the calling of, of God in Christ Jesus, reaching forth unto those things which are before and run your race, finish your course with joy, walk your path, walk your journey for his name's sake. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. 
If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman He's called you to be. Thanks for listening.